All right, welcome in to the Fezic Focus podcast. This is the last week before we get into football, real football, Fez, and week zero of college behind us. Uh, exciting times, certainly, and this is a fu- this is a fun time to have you on, Fez, the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. How are you, Steve? It's early September, and I really should be back betting football, as they said in Maggie May. Isn't that late September? That's, uh, yeah. I, late, I, it might be late, late September. September yeah. uh, there's so many numbers I want to get into from these for this week one card. I know there's a lot of, of teaser stuff to discuss, but let's start, of course, with a Fez tale. Let's do Fez tale. You know, Circa just opened up a new casino. I, I believe it's the Crystal Bay. I didn't even know there was a bay in Reno. I've seen lakes when I'm landing, but there. So Circa has a presence in Sparks, Nevada now, and it made me think back to when I was going up to Reno. It says in the late '90s, so I'm living in LA, and I'm betting parlay cards in Vegas and wearing out my welcome a little bit. And then I went up to Reno one week just to kind of kick the tires, see what the environment was, and Reno hadn't gotten the memo that parlay cards were beatable. People really would take whatever you wanted to bet. You know, no. Uh, no camouflage needed, no cover, and right there in Sparks, Nevada, which is, you know, suburb, it's like some, Summerlin in Vegas, and you've got Sparks in Reno, though Sparks is not nearly as nice. Incline Village would probably be compared to Summerlin. <laughs> so maybe like the east side of Vegas we'd compare to Sparks and in, in, in Reno, but they uh, they had the John Esquagas Nugget. I loved the Nugget. They had a parley card. Six teamers paid 54 to one half-point parley card. And we just would play stacks and stacks of parlay cards for a good period of years. And they just kept taking them despite, you know, we'd have enormous advantages. And I loved Squaga's Nugget, too, because it was so unique. Like, the um, by October, late October, sometimes, you know, there'd be snow in the mountains and there'd be a railroads that would – there were railroad tracks right behind it. And it was just um, – it was – and it was like – it was like a three and a half, four star hotel. It was, it was cool. And it makes me, so whenever, when I heard Reno, um, that circus opening up in sparks, that makes me think back to those weekends they spent at, um, John Esquaga's Nugget and, and, and downtown Calneva in little, little tiny Reno, which took big action back then. All right, let's get into NFL week one. Have these? I mean, obviously, these lines have been moving already. They've they've been up for a long. Let's start with that. Like these lines have been shaped longer than any lines you're going to see all year. How how difficult is week one to you? Enormously difficult. It's the hardest week of the year. What? And I have more bets on week one than any other uh, period of time because I've had six months to bet into it. So, sure. Yeah, I got Baltimore minus three and a half. I got the Saints minus three. It's not going to do anyone any good when the lines on those games are five and a half and seven now. Um, so now you ask me to pick winners. It's amazing. Like I turn on to every other um, expert talking head says, oh, I love I love four games this week. And it's literally all I can do to not start screaming at them. It's like I don't like anything. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I can tell you right now with, with my clients, you're going to you're going to get some maybe you're going to get some props and you're going to get some teasers um, you're going to get advantage play on player props, which I think are enormously good first week of the season because you have situations. What would you put the over under Houston's running back Pierce rush yards? Put you on the spot. Mm, I'll go 84. 84. I'll go under. 
I, I think so too. I, I think there's so much hype around him. Is, but, that, but, the, what's, is that the number that's posted? No, no, nothing's up. Not, yet. Oh, okay, that's but, what, but that was my guess. Here's a guy that wasn't supposed to start, and now he's supposed to basically he's the second coming of running of all running backs because he exactly. plays every tackle in preseason. And he, so obviously he's way better than we thought. Um, but he plays for a team that is not going to be in a lot of position to run the ball. They're in, and they're going to be at, yeah, exactly. They're going to be an eight point <laughs> underdog. So how many how many carries is he going to get? You That's know? what I thought it was funny. Brees Hall, the Jets running back, and now Damian Pierce, the Texans running back, are the two favorites for rookie of the year. Both running backs on offenses that are going to be chasing from behind all season long, yeah. which is kind of odd to me. Will but. Michael Carter get for the Jets? Will he get like? Forty percent. I think there. that's probably something, a good number. Something along those lines, two-headed, two-headed monster. But, but I'm, I'm so where I'm getting at here is that I can analyze and study all night long and go over every single injury report. I'm still not going to find very good bets in the NFL Week One because the numbers have been pounded into place. Having said that, there's a lot of key key numbers are really important, and you've got a lot of games right on key numbers. So, so those are the games I really spend the most time on and focus on specifically. You know, opening night. You know what? Buffalo, yeah, they're, they're laying two, two and a half against the Rams. Okay. Boy, three is a big difference. You know, yeah. you get three. Obviously, I could look to tease the Rams, the, the Wong teasers, the twos through the eight, and there's like four of them. You know, like like right off the bat, if you told me, you know, what am I likely to play? I'm like, well, I, I'd look at the Thursday night teaser, you know, with the Rams. And then certainly I'd look at Cowboys teaser and Vikings teasers from two up to eight. And and this week in particular, to me, and obviously I'm a fairly novice at this stuff, but when you're talking about so many home underdogs, it feels like there's going to be a lot more teaser opportunities than there normally is. Yeah, although I don't mind teasing road underdogs. It's the road favorites that I'm real cautious on. And, and Wong, who I'm friends with, um, you know, recognize that with the data – that the, the road favorites are fraught with peril in terms of, you know, anyone else. You know, eight-point home underdogs win, but eight-point road underdogs, Indianapolis, you know, at Houston, you know, those those can be more likely to be hiccups. So you'd be much more careful. Like, I'll tease a seven-point home favorite. I'll almost never tease a seven-point road favorite. It's just too dangerous. Um, uh, they Those teams lose outright more. Why do they lose outright more? Because what happens when the game's tied and now the crowd noise goes through the roof, and that it, so the really close games, the home field, in my opinion, favors the home team much more to win the really close game. So there's a lot going on right now. Obviously, college football has started up. Uh, Major League Baseball still going. I know you've got WNBA finals to uh, to, to look at, uh, and now the NFL. How do you balance? How much? What what percent of each pie or percent of the pie is going to each sport? Oh, it's it's enormously difficult because I mean I've got clients. If I was just betting. Well, the hell with the WNBA and, and MLB. It's like, I'm just going to do football. Okay? But, well, I, you say that, but you also said most of your NFL work's already been done for this week, right? Yeah, but that's all about to change. The second, that's true. The second, there's going to be games. So, and, and I tweeted about this. The second you give me one game of data, watch, everything changes. Watch, everything changes. Watching and dissecting that one game, I know more about New Mexico State football than the person who studied New Mexico State. All summer long, all right, and, and and can name the backup tight end because now I know they had a quarterback that sucks and he doesn't play and he's probably not going to play anymore. If they put that their, their freshman in from Princeton, that that offense is going to be capable. If they play the other guy, they're not going to be able to score at all. It's like like literally now maybe I'm over 
reacting to one game, but I doubt it. From from what I saw, I think that they, that that is clear as crystal. Now, why the coach couldn't see that? I guess you, you you're reluctant to play, you know, a young kid to you know to, to start him. But um, it's know, pretty clear now. You got the you had the wrong guy picked out. Yes, and so I, I know more about New Mexico State. I can't name all the players, but I know more about them now. Then, and I think they're going to play very slow, so I would be surprised. I, I think they're going to be bottom twenty in tempo for sure. So I be I like I feel like I know more about New Mexico State because and the, that person who studied them all summer and also studied that game knows way more than me, obviously. But everything, like you mentioned, everything changes. So as soon as games get start getting played, boom. Well, let's look. Let's look at Western Kentucky. They sucked in their opening game. All right, but Hawaii. Is a high school team, so Western. <laughs> I think Kentucky, that's being generous, man. Minus nine at Hawaii. Nope. Let's make it sixteen. You know, it seems like a proper adjustment to me. You know. So the, I I take it then that Thursday night, when as soon as that Rams uh, Bills game is done, you're you're already making adjustments on Rams Falcons and uh, and Bills Titans for week two. Exactly right, and so you know, and I have a unique situation. So the first week of the season is actually my wife's birthday. Thank God it's Wednesday. All right. So the <laughs> I mean that works out well. That's like so much my last hurrah where I might I, this is very rare. I might take um we're we're, t- we're taking a day or two off on Wednesday night and then Thursday night and then hit the ground running Friday because it's my last chance before the NFL games, you know, have a have have a, have a lot of action. And, if, and people are like, "Well, that will that compromise your work you do college football week one. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, and you got to, you got to pick where you're cutting. You got to pick where you're cutting when you're going to work 80 hours, 70 hours a week, you know, for 16, 18, 20 weeks, you know, it's kind of like, you probably wouldn't be a bad idea to not like burn out your batteries, you know, you know, right, right off the bat. But ideally, you know, I go back to, I always hear this like, Oh, you got a few games wrong, you know, clear your head, get, get away from it for two days. It's like, that maybe maybe if you're working 90 hours a week, you know, and during a baseball season, that's a good strategy. It's a terrible strategy most of the time. I'll go back to when um, when we were in school and we had a difficult class, and you and you did poorly on a midterm. You know, I'll just take two days and not go to class. And yeah, yeah, and then I'll hit I'll hit it hard after that. No, get your get your ass into class the next morning and be ready. About the, uh, the the teaser options for this week, and there are a handful, like you said. One of the ones that struck me and I wanted to ask you about specifically was the Colts at the Texans. And right now, Colts are minus 8.5 at the Texans. So obviously, you can do the traditional 8.5 down to 2.5. You go through the 3 and the 7. Which you like, but it's a road favorite, which you don't like. Yeah, but it, so it got me thinking, and, and I don't know that I necessarily like the, the Texans here either, but... At eight and a half, you can go through ten and fourteen and land at fourteen and a half on a home dog. That's also tempting, right? No. So what? No, not at all. Okay. Well, let me ask you: How often are? Let's do the math. Let's let's, let's assume eight and a half is correct. Okay? okay. How often are they? Is Indy going to win by nine, percentage wise? I, I, I guess probably five percent. One. One percent. Okay. Game teams just don't win by nine. So I'll, oh, that's so, true. Okay. So ten. Ten is probably five percent. It's like four percent. So 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 now we're now so so now we're at five percent. Eleven's like one and a half percent. So now we're like six percent. Twelve's one and a half percent. So um, thirteen is like two percent, and then fourteen is a good a good chunk, and that's like you know four percent. So you add all that that combination of points up, nine. Through um, uh, you're teasing up to 14 and a half, so nine through 14, maybe 
like 17% of the time, it okay. would land on that corridor. All right. And and the only way you can, you can say I want to tease is if you're picking up minimum 25%. All right. So now when you go but bring it down, like, am, well, am I picking up 25%, you know, with the outcomes of, of, you know, three through eight? Well, I'd argue I am because they're going to win by three, like 9%. They're going to win by seven, 5%. You can do six, four. It, it, so the math justifies you know, playing the teaser where you got to get you got to get the game right seventy five percent that leg right. Okay, so here's what here's what I've always thought about this the math of it, and I get that when you when you talk about average NFL game, key numbers three and seven, I don't doubt that at all. I believe it wholeheartedly. But does the math change like the typical NFL game that's lined outside of a touchdown? Then what's the most common numbers that it land on? Sure, you know it's got to change, like because games are going to land fourteen a lot more often on an eight and a half point spread than they are on a three point spread. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a good point, but the bottom line is if if, if you want to get if you would like to bet me three to one, you get three to one, which is what you need for the teaser. <clears throat> Will the game land Indy by nine to fourteen? I I'll give you plus three thirty sure, right yeah. now. And 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 by the way, that's one of the. On, on Twitter, you see that sometimes people are like, "Oh, I'm going to bet this team." You know, the, the, the sucker bets this team will win by one to five or six to ten, and like no one wins playing that way. You, I don't care how good a handicap you are. There's just too much house vig, and but again, if you said if you wanted to bet me, you know, will Indy win by three to eight points at three to one? I'm like. Oh, I don't want to book that. Okay. You know, you, you, you feel kind of stupid when the line when they're up seven with eight minutes to go, and you're like, "How is it not going to land three or seven? Right. Right. Okay. And I think one of the mistakes people make, and you can you can speak to this. Week one, everybody's been waiting. They've been looking at their app every day. They want. They probably think they've got action on every game. How important is it to make sure you know at least mentally you're limiting what you play? Oh, it's fine to have action on every game. Just bet props. There's going to be like thirty different proposition bets on on, on each and every play. So go. So if you want action, go and go where the numbers are wrong. All right, but don't suddenly think um, that. Oh wow, you know backyard brawl. Pittsburgh's much better than West Virginia. I'm going to bet big on Pittsburgh. What you could have had minus six. You know, yeah. it, I'm not saying it, it. You might not be able to find value at a different number, but I'm just saying could have had minus six. And and I'll I'll go back. I lost with New Mexico State. I bet plus ten. I gave it out to my clients plus ten. They lost by eleven. You could say, well, they should have covered. Well, they didn't. All right. Right. And they were getting they were getting fourteen for you know they're getting thirteen and twelve. Now this is during the middle of the summer, but I I I you know I'll make the case I should have won that game. I lost and I should have won. Why? Because I'm an NFL specialist first and then college football. If that had been an NFL game, I would have won. I would have gotten to it. Just And just like there'll be people that lose this week with um, – if Baltimore wins, you know, by only five points. And yeah. I'll, they'll lose and I'll win because they got to it late and, and, and I got to it early. Getting at, at the numbers, it's easy to say, oh, Boise has outstanding value. Boise's great. You know what? They probably do have value. Catching two and a half. But you could have had three and a half. Yeah. And in college, the three doesn't land as often. But how stupid are we going to feel when if the game's tied? What, when the game's tied with six minutes to play, and anyone with Boise plus three and a half is mentally saying the only way to lose is like the bad beat of the century. And anyone with Boise at plus two and a half says it's a it's a total coin flip at this point. You know. All right, we're going to tell you guys about what we're doing at pregame.com. 
Save yourself some money. Get Fez's packages. Get, you know, Scott Seidenberg's joined on now. Get his packages. Get McKenzie's packages. These subscriptions that last a good amount of time, 60 days, 90 days, uh, full year subscriptions, full season subscriptions, all available at pregame.com. And if you go right now, use the code FOCUS20. That's FOCUS20. You'll get 20% off anything. That includes Steve Fezzik's all-access NFL, college, the whole shebang. You can get it all for 20% off with the promo code FOCUS20. So make sure you do that. All right, Fez, only one thing left to do. Let's get, I guess, a little programming note. Next week, we're, you mentioned it's your wife's birthday. We're going to do a little special edition. We're going to do a. Uh, we're going to talk about the contest because I, I want to get into that with you. I want to. I think there's a lot of meat on that bone. What contest should people be entering? What should people be looking for in these contests? How do you win them? So we'll talk that on next week's Focus Pod. But of course, before we get out of here, we got to get a best bet. Yes, we do. We're going to take the Philadelphia Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. All right. I'm full disclosure. I don't know what week this is. I don't care what situations either team is in because the Eagles are laying one, and there's no scenario other than the Eagles having to play in Tokyo the week before on short rest that the Eagles can be at pick, which was at one place, but I'm going to call it minus one, widely available, Eagles hosting Dallas. The markets have spoken. These are equal teams right now. These are equal teams, and guess what? When equal teams play and one team is home, the home team is favored, and they're not favored by one unless the Chargers hosting the Raiders. So Eagles minus one, outstanding value. Probably, I think by the time the season starts, the perception will be the Eagles that are favored to win the division. How is that possible that a team that's the favorite can be at home and only be laying one against the number two choice, Dallas? So Eagles minus one, get on it. I'm sure it'll be it'll go up to two and a half shortly. Um, outstanding value, and really, what's happening is that we're we're catching a stale number because the Eagles, um, everyone's bullish on the on the Eagles fly, Eagles fly, and everyone hates Dallas right now, and with good reason, with all the O line injuries and um, the feeling that the, their offense. The skill position players are not as good as they've been in prior years. That's week six, October sixteenth, Dallas at Philly, and that is the uh, the Sunday night football game. So uh, a, a good game to get down on. Now I agree with you that thing starts moving. I, you know, RJ, we've talked about the the line of demarcation when Philly, when people realize Philly's better than Dallas, it certainly happened. But this line is not caught up to that. And it just shows how people don't know the right place to look. They're like, oh, I want to bet I want to bet the Eagles to win the division plus 140. Well, I assure you, Philly can win this game and still lose the division. But if they lose this game, they are not going to win the division if they can't beat Dallas when, in their home game, more than likely. All right, that will do it for another episode of the Fezzik Focus podcast. Thanks to McKenzie Rivers in the back. Thanks to Steve Fezzik who always brings the good stuff. And thanks to you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate you what you guys have done to grow this podcast. Uh, we don't take it for granted. So thank you guys. And like I said, we'll have that contest pod next week. So we will talk to you then. Mm-hmm.